All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. We'd love you to support this show. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Your likes and subscription helps us to grow and attract interviews and content. So please retweet and share our posts. Your contributions are appreciated. All right, welcome to episode 454 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. We're going live today with Carnival of Tracks. It's a bunch of topics from the board. We're going to talk about Doc McGee opening his mouth and inserting his foot with such grace and art um, about the tracks controversy. And he also, Ken will be really happy to talk about Divide. Yes. Come on, Ken. Come on, Ken. Let it out. Let it out. Um, other, other, other topics are going to be from the board. Um, here's some late news just hit the board uh, this afternoon. The first streaming single from the new Poughkeepsie 84 off the soundboard hits tonight, and it's Creatures of the Night. So um, whatever time zone you're in, um, once the clock flips to midnight, and uh, Cinderella turns back into a pumpkin, you'll be able to listen to Creatures of the Night from that 84 show with Mark St. John. I think that was the first song on the set that night. Um, I'd have to look it up. Um, and if so, that means it's the first song um, that Mark essentially played with the band live properly because previous to that, he played the second half of the show, I think, the night before. So that's very cool. I will be checking that out. Um, I'm just trying to trawl along into last week's show uh, to find some comments to talk about. Yeah, we had a lot of people join us last week and a lot of comments that did uh, pop up. There's a lot of excitement for Poughkeepsie. Um, So, uh, Ken, this one's for you. I actually think that the Mm -hmm. Dubai show belongs on a list of classic KISS concerts. The most talked about show for ages. It was weird and wonderful ending for the first pandemic year. Never thought a live stream would be a communal experience, but it was. Ken, what do you think of that? Well, f- first of all, are we live? Because if we're live, I think I got to turn my back and track on here. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, when we first watched it, and I think, like you said in your interview that I uh, listened to recently, um, it's it was nice. It was cool at the time, the first watch. Um, but going back to it, it's it seems kind of uh, strange, you know, going back and watching it. So, I you know, I don't think it's a classic that belongs in the top fifty. Um, it's a little bit lower than 50, somewhere down the line. There's a lot more, I think, shows ahead of it that uh, deserve more credit. Yeah, Andrew's already corrected me. Thank you, Andrew. Detroit Rock City was the opening song on that tour. Duh. I can't keep track of any of this shit anymore. I'm getting old and I've got a hangover, so I'm not even going to ask for excuses. Uh, Mark, Dubai, do you think it's a, it's a new classic? Or are we kind of harsh on it? Or is it uh, you know maybe just one of those things that was a classic in the moment because of that communal experience? And, and again, we did the live stream. Um, I can't remember who was on that. Um, but I think it, it I think was, it was more fun at the time watching it than well, it ever was watching it again. I yeah, think it was. I, I think it was. If, if it's going to be a classic to anybody, and maybe it'll be the people that joined you guys to watch it 
together. Maybe it was an experience that they enjoyed having watching the show with you guys. But I think apart from that, I don't think there's anything really too classic about it. I mean, it's not just another show that they did in a foreign land that they haven't played before, you know, with the, with the backing tracks and all the other fun things that, you know, we love to poke and prod with the band now. And, you know, uh, I think it's been in everybody's on everybody's lips because of the fact that what, what has followed it, you know, the non giving of the things that people have bought. I think that's, what's made this, you know, the big talk of the town. It's not the show. It's what's happened around it. So I, I don't think it's a top 50 show at all. No, it, it was good in the moment. I've, I have gone back and watched it. Unlike Andrew um, or Wolf of nature, pardon me, Andrew, shut up. Um, but it, it doesn't have anything anymore. You know, I've listened to a few shows this week and they were all 75, you know, so that, that's kind of been where where my week has come from. One of the topics that we are going to be talking about today uh, that does come off the board was simply which do you prefer, Carnival of Souls or Psycho Circus? Two much maligned albums in the bigger picture of things. And I've actually had those on rotate on my phone much more than I thought I was going to have. Um my my folder for Carnival of Souls has the single edits. Um, I think it has Liar from Bruce's uh, Return of the Comet contribution that he said was a leftover from that era, and maybe one or two other things from that era. And then Psycho Circus has a has a bunch of other things. So going back and listening to, you know, those those albums, that that question was which one of those, if you had to choose one, would you take? Which is your preference there, Ken? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's a good challenge there. Um, and those those albums didn't come up in our uh, death match, I don't think, or anything like that. But, uh, uh, you know, I have to go with Psycho Circus uh, just based on a couple of the songs that I really enjoy there. I mean, it's it's more true to Kiss, Kiss's sound than... Uh, you know, Carnival Souls, which is, you know, kind of reaching for the, the grunge, you know, type or style of, of music. So, you know, songs like Psycho Circus, which is in their set list now. And uh, then there's other songs I like a lot on there, like, you know, Journey of a Thousand Years and uh, a couple of others that are, are really good. And it's more kind of Kiss. It's, it's you know, even though... Tommy Thayer's playing lead guitar on Psycho Circus and all this other stuff going on and drummers and, and whatnot. Um, I have to go with that. I mean, though I do like certain parts of Carnival Souls, mostly the Gene, st <laughs> Gene stuff, uh, but it's kind of, it's not a true Kiss style album in my opinion. And I'll probably listen to Psycho Circus uh, before I listen to Carnival Souls. Yeah, nice. Welcome back, Lonnie. Hope uh, you're not buffering too badly for us now. Uh, go to you with that question. Psycho Circus or Carnival of Souls? I, I, I did a lot of prep work for this show by listening to both of those. Um, I don't know how well you're going to hear me. I'm having some issues. Um, so if I sound like crap, just let me know. Um, sound good. I you're fine. You're fine. Okay, good. Bye. No, you sound like crap. <laughs> 
I like I think I like Carnival better. I used to like Psycho Circus better, but as time has gone on and the albums have aged, I enjoy Carnival more than than Psycho Circus. I outside of the title track of Psycho Circus, the rest of the album just does not do much for me. And Andrew, I know, it was the first album you bought the day it came out, and I, I skipped school. I skipped. I, I ditched college classes and went and bought it at Best Buy because I couldn't wait to get it. But boy, you got you. I. Um, I went downhill from there. But I, for me, it's it is Carnival of Souls. I I, th- I think it's better. I think the songs are stronger. I think the production is probably worse on Carnival. <laughs> But I think the songs are stronger on Carnival. Interesting. That, that, okay, <clears throat> so we've got one Psycho and one Carnival. Mark? Well, I mean, both of them have their plus and minuses, but I, I honestly, uh, the only thing I think Psycho Circus has going for it is the fact that it has, you know, it sounds decent, like the production of it is pretty, pretty decent. And the song Psycho Circus, has the, the rest of it is just terrible i mean so some of the songs on those things are, are incredibly bad we are one god gag me with that and like so, some of the other ones on there too like the you wanted the best has got to be the worst song that they ever wrote i mean give me a break and the ballad is terrible honestly i'd rather listen to, to carnival it, it's it, sure it's not real kiss as some people say but you know it's very similar in some aspects to revenge and it it's heavy I, and i like heavy music as everybody knows so, so to me, that kind of connects with me a bit better, and I, I just think it's just more of a better listening experience for me. I listened to both of them as well, like the last couple of days, and I, I found that I was more interested in Carnival than I ever was with Psycho Circus. Like Psycho Circus is just there's just so many things that's just wrong with that album, you know. The, 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 let alone that they're trying to sell it off as a return to the original lineup, and the, half of them are not even on it. So, it's it's. It's it's a no brainer for me in that aspect. I I like Carnival better. Is that only in hindsight, because it's not a true reunion album other than one song or in your face a little bit as well? Um, and, well, and so, honestly, honestly, when I first heard Carnival, I kind of dug. I mean, back then I was really into my you know Megadeth and uh, Opeth and all these heavy bands that I was into listening to Nevermore and stuff like that. So. When they when Kiss came out with a sort of you know grungier, heavier record, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. You know, it, it didn't, you know, it was hard to believe that it was Kiss in some aspects. But when I first heard Psycho Circus, I love I loved the Psycho Circus. Song. I thought that was a great song. But after that, it just it started losing me. It, and at that point, I wasn't really two hundred percent on who was playing what. But there was moments in there that even me and my friends were kind of saying, "Really, that that's Peter drumming?" Like it, it. There were little moments of it. It wasn't as plain as day as like something like Unmasked or something, right? But you know, it, there were moments where they were a little suspicious. But I just found that the music was more to my style even back then. You know. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, going back to Carnival of Souls, you know, there was so much excitement about that leaking. Here's a full unreleased Studio Kiss album leaking. So it had kind of that going for it in addition. Um, mm-hmm. And I listened 
the hell out of it. And I was really excited when I was able to do some stuff with Polygram in London, you know, for its release back in the early nether regions of the, the web days. So it, it always had that kind of emotional attachment that it, it's more special to me because some of the stuff that went on around it, whereas it fell out of favor pretty quickly uh, as an imitation of a, a music trend that they'd missed by about five years. Then what did they do in 1998? They get a producer who's five years past his sell-by date. Even Aerosmith had moved on from Fairburn at that mm -hmm. point. He'd had a good, strong run of three albums with them, the third one being a struggle that they, I think it was Brendan O'Brien, that they worked with as well on that uh, half the album. And that kind of tells you something, that he's no longer the hotshot for that sort of band. So he's totally the wrong choice before mm -hmm. we even get down to the music on that album. You go listen to the Psycho Circus sessions and some of the other stuff, and it just boggles my mind how some of those songs were omitted in favor of shit like Within. Within is one yeah. of the worst god-awful songs to ever make it on a Kiss album mm. without talking anything about the players. That's, mm. that's all irrelevant as music, as a piece of product. Psycho Circus has some pretty cool tunes. You know, it's got some pretty cheeseball ones, like I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll, um, <laughs> uh -huh. which is catchy as hell music-wise, but cheeseball in terms of content or raise your glasses, uh -huh. you know, it should be jeans singing, raise your asses. Um, <laughs> and Psycho Circus starting off with a clown car. I mean, there, there's just a cavalcade <laughs> of bad decisions on that album, but Into the Void is, it's decent. You know, it's, it's not a great Ace Frehley song, but it is at least an Ace Frehley song. Mm -hmm. And Journey of a Thousand Years is fucking cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Dreaming is cool. I mean, it was cool in 1973. It was 18, but... Uh, <laughs> you one of the best you got the best has to be the most cringy kiss song of all yes, time. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's one of the... I mean, if you were to make a list of the five worst kiss songs ever... I think every one of us would put you one of the best. You got the best in that. Three of them would be from this album. Three of them would be from that forced. album. Uh, you on the West was is a forced, forced song, forced lyrically, uh, when because it, it was you know it was taken from an old Gene song. Um, it's a terrible song. It just terrible. it just it just is forced. They could have used something else to much better I mean, than that. Even I'm we are one well, obviously by, by what they left. I mean, well, just like you said. I mean, they even did uh, they rehashed the one. For you know, it's my life, right? Uh, even mm -hmm. did that, and they and it left they left that off of Psycho Circus. Well, so I never like, understood that, you know. That's much others. better than anything that's on Psycho. Yeah, it's better than could have been the much better album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to rule the world. Yes. Yeah, that's you know, Gene's other songs, uh, "I Am Yours," is yeah. is good. Reason to live, no or reason for living. Um, you know, oh, they yeah. could have done a they could have done an EP of Gene songs after the fact, um, and and who knows what the rest of the Ace songs sounded like. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just it was so disappointing. I remember being at Dodger Stadium, just saying, "I hope they don't play within live," because at that point we didn't know <laughs> what was going to be played live of that of yeah. that album. And there you get within, and it survives mm -hmm. the whole freaking set. They drop nothing to lose, and she and they keep within. Ah. Uh, it hurts, yeah. but you know they're they're they're, they're good out. <laughs> you know they're still a part of the catalog. So what was that? Carnival of Souls got three, and only Ken voted for Psycho yeah. Circus. Yeah. yeah. So 
So there we go. There, there's there's a lot of you out there. It seems pretty Some divided. Looks pretty divided in the comments for everyone who's watching. Yeah. And, uh, thank you all for joining us yeah. today. Um, Andrew, stop correcting me today. God. Ah, I'm trying to finish. Nerd, 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 nerd. All right, let's let's go back Bad to the last Andrew. episode. Um, the Cadillac show must be included on any list of important Kiss concerts. Do you guys think back to any other shows that you didn't talk mm. about that you kind of popped into your mind after the show? Of, Duh, should have included that. Mm, not really. Well, Cadillac, I, Cad I, Cadillac I, is probably the one that was the big omission, I think. I think the Casey Kite right. Festival, Julian brought up the Casey Kite Festival not being mm -hmm. in there, I think is a, is a big miss as well, at least for me personally. Um, being it was, you know, a half hour from, from where I live that, and them playing in the daytime in front of that many people mm. that earlier and early in their career, that's pretty freaking cool. Um, and outdoors. Right. And we actually got to see some, uh, eight millimeter footage was discovered for the A&E biography. That was one of the biggest moments for, for me. In, yeah. the, that, in that in that product was the inclusion of that color footage. Absolutely stunning, uh, yeah. amazing. I think that was a miss not being in there. I, I, I didn't, I didn't. For some reason, I wasn't thinking about it. But you brought it up last week. And I'm like, that's an excellent point. That's a that's a big miss in my in my opinion. Yeah, they listed uh, Paul Stanley's right solo tour or solo, you know, on on that list. I think they should have probably done maybe Gene Simmons. You know, first uh, Gene Simmons band performance or something like that, because that was kind of a unique thing. He never went out with a band. Uh, by but his, then you'd have, uh, to, by then you'd have to do the first Paul Stanley solo tour because you can't have you can't have inequality. You have to give both parties <laughs> oh, a yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, here's some other very recent news and. Lonnie, I'm going to throw this out to you first. Mr. Speed, the tribute band, has added oh. the Fox. Okay, Andrew just fell over and is triggered now. And um, Andrew just fell off the chat. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing poo at the screen right now. It's a bad uh, Yeah, sorry, Andrew. But Lonnie, what do you think of that? You know, there have been other tribute bands that have gone with other lineups that you've seen the Wiz um, in female form in one tribute act and uh now you're getting uh, the fox in mr speed what do you think of that i think it's interesting i think well i think it goes along with you know they they um adopted the unmasked costumes a couple years ago and they look great um i think i think it's interesting i i, I think it, it goes along with the theme that they've adopted um and, and who knows you know maybe in a couple years they revert back and, and, and do a different, you know, era of band and, and he switches back to Peter. I, I really don't know, but I think that having the Fox in the band is it's, it's, it's a cool twist and a different twist. And, you know, at, at, here, who goes in, who goes to see kiss tribute bands? A pretty big kiss fan. If you're going to go mm -hmm. see a kiss tribute band, I don't think casual fans go, out of their way or across the street, really, they go see a Kiss tribute band. So I think walking in the door and 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 seeing that unmasked stage and the unmasked outfits and it's Eric Carr behind the drums. Hey, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, I I could be wrong. You know, Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think that the people who go to those shows are are pretty hardcore 
hardcore Kiss fans, in, in my opinion. And, and Mr. Speed, to their credit, um, is unlike a lot of of just your typical run-of-the-mill um, Kiss tribute bands, where they will dig a little bit deeper and, and cater to those hardcore fans that come out to the shows. They've gone yeah. to the next level, though, in recent years with what they did with their stage show. Mm-hmm. by recreating the dynasty um, staging. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. actually a perfect setup for bringing in the Fox. And again, to keep things fresh and involving, you know, it's good to see some of the um, differentiation going on between these tribute bands. Everyone's got their regions and their territories, it seems. Yeah. Um, so it, it's good to see them change things up uh, a bit. Mark, what's your take on tribute bands and, you know, in general and going with different lineups like this? Well, I mean, I, I don't have no issue with them. I mean, back in the day when I was like 19 years old, I used to think tribute bands were like the worst thing ever. That it was a complete cop out. It was just a bunch of washed up musicians who can't write their own music. But, you know, as I came to realize as I get older, you know, it's not that's not the case. A lot of them are just good musicians that were making good, decent money doing tribute shows so you know i have no issue with that i I think the whole thing with uh doing it doing this is sort of smart because it opens them up to to a different sort of you know set list that they can start dipping into when you put the fox into it now right so now you can start doing stuff from you know unmasked and you can start doing stuff from the elder if you wanted to and even creatures right so uh, i think it it gives them a more it gives them more variety that way to do it that way and uh, i agree i think that they you know really stepped up things with their stage show it looks really nice and it, it looks very accurate to the uh, to the way the kiss did it so I, I think it's fantastic so you know all the power to them yeah you know i've only ever really seen tribute bands under duress i've not gone ever gone out of my way to go see a tribute band they've either been at an expo or an event you know and, and it's kind of like the bar band playing at the bar and all you want is a freaking drink well <laughs> it, and and it's no disrespect to them i've bought tribute albums and i've sold the tribute albums i've not kept any of them if i want to listen to kiss generally i will go listen to kiss um mm-hmm. and but i have all the respect in the world for people who are playing this music either for passion or for profit i i don't give a shit whether it's either driving uh, the people doing it but i do like them doing something different and shaking it up I, I have a great deal of respect for that i also have a great deal of respect for tribute bands that build tanks and dynasty stages and go that extra mile uh without burning down the house as well that's always a good thing ken mm. tributes yeah i don't think it matters who you know if they change the makeup to peter chris or eric eric Carr's makeup um that's fine it doesn't matter um they can still play whatever music they want to as far as the you know diehards probably mostly uh but i'm sure there's other people there that maybe never seen kiss that like you know that don't want to pay the full the full price of a real kiss concert and can't you know afford to go to that kind of a concert uh that may end up saying well you know this may be the next best best thing to seeing kiss you know you see a tribute band uh, perform and uh, i'll do it you know be able to go for a lot less a lot less money um to pay you know pay see pay and see them so yeah yeah i think it's all good yeah all right so let's move on to i'm gonna preface this part of the discussion with i am not a big fan of sinking stanley I 
oh. really find it taking things a little bit too far with the mockery um, mm. to someone who, who who speaks in a certain way or acts in a certain way. But then again, it's a public persona who brings a lot of it on himself. So there is the balance. But I think sometimes it does cross um, a boundary for my tastes into the unacceptable. Um, but that said, he got Doc McGee on camera at Paul's art show and asked him two salient questions for all members of the kit. Well, many members of the kiss army for Dubai and all members of ticket buying public for whether Paul Stanley is playing to track. So Mark, I know you were playing catch up on this today. Like, God, he's a sexy beast. Um, Mark, great yeah, let's, here. Let, let's let's start with the first part of that, and it's Paul Stanley playing to tracks. No, he's not singing lip syncing. He's singing to tracks, but he's actually singing. But yes, there oh, are tracks. After, after going and seeing Wasp, where you could hear album versions from several different albums going on in the background, and it's that obvious and in your face. And then you go listen to Kiss. Mm. All right, yeah. have at it. There's your quarter. I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't understand why did he, why doesn't he just like just admit? I mean, they're, they're, he's trying to cover it up that that he's doing it, but he he openly goes and says, you know, no, he's not, he's not doing, he's not, you know, lip syncing. He's singing to the, that. That is, that is in fact, you know lip syncing sure you're singing along to it but i mean it's just a matter of you know turning his fader down a little bit to the original one and you hear more of the actual recorded one to his voice and sure lots of people have done it i've seen ozzy do it when he had a really bad time with his voice back on the osmosis tour he but the difference was it wasn't it wasn't tracks that he was singing to he actually had a singer side stage i saw it was only only logan who was for was lynch mob he was singing his side stage and they would just move on Oni's voice up whenever he was having trouble with something, and Ozzy would just be sitting there mouthing it while he was singing it. It it, it happens, you know. But why why they're doing why they're trying so stupid? And then he talks about I don't know, just not good. Sorry, you went uh, in, into uh, echo oh, there. Could... Yeah, okay. sorry. I, I was so, just wondering about Ani Logan, whether he had to put crayons on his mouth to sing like Ozzy. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he did a good job. I think I think he did a great job. It sounded quite like him, to be honest. But you know, the 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 problem here is that uh, I don't think that he should have answered that question. I think he should have just pushed it aside and when because i mean i can only imagine what paul's going to say to him now once this gets out and paul finds out about it he's going to be i'm sure going to be thrilled to hear him saying that no he's he's singing along he's to backing tracks. It, it's it's part of yeah. the process oh, no. you know it's part of the process we've been doing this for years where paul's been singing to backing i mean no did he's, I lip, say he's he's lip syncing live yeah, which is just just stupidity. And then, of course, the the other great thing about it was the, the question afterward. But we'll get to that after. Yeah, let, let's let's come back to that. Separate this into two yeah. things. I feel really bad for Doc because I don't think he should have answered it. I think he should have gone into kind of my political mode on this whole. Uh, saga saying people are coming to see a show and they expect a certain quality of show and they're enjoying the show get stop saying performance just say show that's how i justify it in my head um and and again none of it is actually um 
hidden. It's not an unknown. It's not breaking news. But the manager of the band should not be addressing that question. That's the one that you should be dancing and weaving like a freaking boxer to avoid answering. Mm -hmm. um, because the moment you open your mouth, you're damned. You are absolutely damned. I feel I feel bad for Doc coming off a really awesome appearance on Podcast Rock City to then have hubris show up and sinking stanley you know gut punches him in his moments of glory after a podcast appearance lonnie yeah it's not groundbreaking material that that doc said that i mean we, he kind of said what we all already knew um as far as ozzy on the osmosis tour he also played like 45 minutes when i saw him it was fantastic um it's like my brother and i like oh that's it that's great but <laughs> You know, no, it's not Doc's place. Doc, Julian's absolutely right. Doc, Doc should have danced around that like they've been dancing around it since the start of the end of the road tour. And to come out and just basically say that at this point, three, four years in, I've lost track how deep we are into the end of the road tour, to say that, yeah, you know, we're, it, it's backing track, blah, 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 blah. It's a process, but just shut up. Say say something else. Say say anything else. But we all. But he, but he basically said what we are already knew, and he just put it the rest. But yeah, because some people like chicken, but some people like their chicken with monosodium glutamate, right? And other people like their chicken with gravy. Don't mm -hmm. answer the fucking question. Correct. Can, give us some reason or treason. Well, no, he he almost really slipped. I thought he was going to really say say it. Uh, that, which is what I always, from the beginning, uh, figured, um, because Paul always has stated, at least he stated up uh, to as recently, the Kiss Cruise, where he said, he was singing, and then after the song, he said, uh, this, I'm singing, this is live, I'm, you know, this is me singing, kind of thing. I don't know, that's not the exact <laughs> words, but yeah. he was stating that, you know. Uh, but uh, I've always thought... That yes, he's he's singing, and in a actual Kiss concert, he is singing, but he's singing to his already recorded vocal that's uh, louder than whatever he's he's singing behind it. He's he's just an, that's where Doc said he's enhancing. It's an enhanced. Right? Yeah, enhanced. He did say enhancement. So he's singing to his recorded vocal. His mic is live too. So. And it's not Therefore, Paul can say, "Yes, I'm singing," but the, the prominent, <laughs> the prominent voice of his of his voice uh, is coming from the track, uh, the prominent vocal. So that, that's how I look at it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? I'm sure Paul's gonna ream uh, Doc uh, after that one. Yeah, and Wolf of Nature, thank you for your comments. Uh, you know, you've you've made quite a few good ones. I've left this one up for a bit, uh, so I don't forget to talk about it. Everyone knows, no one cares, except for a few people with no life who can't get over Ace and Peter not being in the bad. Bill Ace, no Peter, no problem. I think there's a certain amount of that as well. Um, but let's also be honest about the vocal that is being tracked in. It's not spectacular. You go back to 2008, and... You know, it's been progressively more challenging to listen um, to someone who is struggling in that vocal department. And bless him for continuing to get up on stage and try. I mean, mm -hmm. I, it must be so difficult 
for someone who knows that they've got something broken that nothing can fix and to still have the passion and also probably contracts to honor. Um, it, it's There's a lot of other moving parts that we will never know. I don't want to know. I just want to en enjoy the show for what remaining time I have. And again, like I've said repeatedly, I, I felt that last show in 2020 was my last show and it so far still is. So I went to plenty of end of the road shows. I flew to fucking Vancouver. I flew to Madison Square Garden. I flew to LA Forum to kind of hit all my marks that I needed to for closure to see them in, in those great cities. We are going to regret it when they're gone. And it's just such a shame to see them going like this with, you know, sniping, uh, people trying to set them up, you know, ca catching Doc like that. But Doc's got to know when not to talk as well let's move on to the second part of that he was asked also about the state of the dubai debacle and he's starting to sound like vinnie vincent everyone's gonna receive too i promise you oh god yeah um ken i guess we have to start with you on this it's do you uh, feel better about what doc had to say to sink and stanley not really uh <laughs> I mean, they say they're working on it, right? With the, the group that sold the packages. Um, oh, God. Uh, yeah, well, it's been how many years now? We're, we're going to get... It's been since that uh, Dubai concert. Um, haven't seen anything. Um, I, You know, if you're working on it and you say you're going to do right by the fans, at least, you know... Make it public, not not on Sink and Stanley's video. Put it on the on the Kiss Online, you know, front page, as we're you know for all you that oh yeah paid for this package, you know, <laughs> we're going to honor your you know in one way or another. We will we promise to mm. you know, give you what you paid for, you know, one way or another. Something, uh, at least do it that way. If you're, such if an you're really skin. being true about it and honest. Uh, that's what Optimist. they should do. Optimist. Yeah. That's what they should do. I'm not saying they will do it. I don't know if they'll do it. Uh, I have no idea at this I mean, point. Come anymore. on. I mean, when you well, watch I don't know that, what to think anymore. When you watch that, he looked like the minute he asked him that, you could tell that he took a step backwards. If, if you watch it, he took a step back. It was almost like he was ready to turn around and hightail it out of there as soon as he got asked that. But he thought twice about it and kind of just, you know, we're we're working on it. We're we'll make sure that we everybody everybody will get their thing. Like you know what, you don't have a fucking clue what's going on with this. Probably you probably haven't looked into it at all. You're, I just I don't buy a word of this. The the only time I'm going to believe any of this is when I start hearing things like, you know, with the, the the company has made contact with people and I see people posting. They're saying, hey, I got a contact from this company saying that they're sending me my stuff. Only then will I start believing that something's being done about this. No, he, well, what was like, you know, he, he well, the first thing he thought when, when he heard that is like, oh, darn, you know, I, I just dodged that question on Podcast Rock City. You now I, now it's like, oh, man, I almost made it through. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, Kent, do you really want a t shirt in 2023? So that says Dubai? No, no. That says, that says Kiss 2020 goodbye. I was no. one of the dumbasses who bought Dubai on the T-shirt. At this point, I want a, re <laughs> a, 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 a uh, some kind of refund 
or or some money hey, uh, credit do, towards Kiss Online. Do you, do you really want that T-shirt? Are you are you gonna like wear that proudly on the show if if they if they ever send it to you? I mean, talk about I mean, a badge of shame, right? Man. Like I, you wear that, or if we wear that on the show, or like if if Kiss comes to San Francisco, are you gonna wear that shirt? Like, yep, I'm one of the dumbasses that paid for this. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you really even want it at this point? I mean, I would imagine you no. want your money back more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, the show itself, I mean, we, we, we've watched the pay-per-view. If the show itself wasn't anything to write home about, it wasn't like they 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 pulled like some obscure songs out, you know, yeah. and like, oh, this is great. This is really cool. Well, you know, oh, we're going to put it on a vinyl. Do you, do you really even want the vinyl even at this point? I mean, okay, it's fine. It's just another end of the road show, show tour. It's just another end of the road tour show, which, yeah. which, according, which all sound the same. So does it really make that big of a difference? Exactly. Yeah. But at, at this point, I just want an admission of guilt. And, you know, yeah, I, I don't see it getting fulfilled. I don't want a kiss 2020 goodbye hat or t-shirt or anything <laughs> that i can't wear out in public without uh severe mockery or just feeling dirty and stupid um <laughs> i i think at this point we just have to get over it um steve your, your comment was yeah i left up for a while because i think when we think about it has kiss ever been a really honest band an honest rock and roll band or have smoke and mirrors always been a large part of both their personas, their show and their products. And that's why I've called them the biggest cult band in the world, because we sure do drink a lot of Kool-Aid when it comes to this band that we love. And while there's a lot of great music, um, we do get taken for fools a lot. Psycho Circus reunion album with no, with, with no reunion. Um, <laughs> point. Kiss Alive, <laughs> not really alive, re-recorded in the studio for the most part. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, all of those dynasty, Anton Figs on Jones, Unmasked. Oh, wait, he's all, he's doing it again. Creatures uh, of the Night with Ace on the cover. Yeah, you know, so don't they have a long history of doing exactly what they continue to do? And we, well, we're still here. We're doing episode 454 of this podcast. So uh, am I a sucker? Hell yeah. And I fucking love this band still. I was in the library this week uh, trying to finish up volume two of, of the 50th anniversary of Kiss on Tour. And I still get a kick out of what I do, digging into their history and listening to their music on a near daily basis. I may have my Rolling Stones or Beatles going a lot of the time. But when I put on my Kiss playlist, I go back to a very, very happy place. And I, I, I still I still fucking love this band. And yeah. I'm still annoyed at Paul's being hurt by comments, even whether they're true and justified. So, all right, let's, let's move on into one of the other topics that, that we've got. What did you think about the, uh, everyone's going to be able to see it on the TV on Super Bowl Sunday, but Paul did a commercial for Workday, which mm. is a god awful product that I'm forced to endure at work. But the commercial <laughs> was really freaking funny. And it's not just Paul in it. Billy Idol is there. Joan Jett, the badass herself. Um, Oswald, some fella 
just some random Oswald um, is present and it is really good. Um, Mark, you've seen it? What you yeah, I, I, I did. I did watch it and I did find it very humorous. I mean, it's good to see Paul doing something that's not cringeworthy. Like it's not like his, his co coffee commercials that he's doing before, you know, uh, this is at least has some humor to it. And again, I think the main point of it that makes it so funny is that it's just not only around him. There's other musicians that are of similar, you know, uh, caliber in there, you know, Billy Idol and stuff like that, walking around with a chainsaw and, you know, Ozzy Osbourne talking about how he's done, you know, a ton of shit and probably did more than, you know, half the people on him. It's, 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 it's really well done. I think it's well constructed. And I, I'm happy to see Paul involved with something that is not, again, like I said, cringeworthy. I mean, that the the coffee thing that he did before, I was like, oh God, like really? But this is something that I think he can be proud of. Yeah, this for me is right up there. And one of my coworkers pointed out that I think there's a 1999 Mattel um, Super Bowl ad that played off the uh, Toy Story theme with G.I. Joe showing up to uh, the Barbie dollhouse and taking Barbie and leaving Ken looking very dejected um, <laughs> it, 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 with Van Halen music in the background is one of the best uh, Super Bowl commercials I've ever seen. Um, Ken, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think it's it's cool. I mean, anytime you're going to have uh, Kiss, someone from Kiss or Kiss on a, on a commercial uh, on TV, you like, you kind of like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the band. That's my band, you know, up there. Um, it's kind of cool. It tries to, I guess, it's still somewhat, you know, relevant. Um, and you're targeting, you know, the, the audience for all those uh, people like Billy Idol and Ozzy and stuff, you know, our older crowd, I guess, you know, it's commercial. You're targeting that audience. Um, it's funny. You talk about that work workday thing. It's like I actually just downloaded that darn app to my phone for for my work uh you know it's something new uh, it's like oh my gosh i can't believe it's the same thing that you know paul's on but uh yeah i think it's cool um, so we, we, we've actually contributed to paying paul more money yeah probably <laughs> probably and you know it's just like those other uh, commercials jeans commercials that he had in you know australia uh not you know recently as a string of them you know they're, they're great they're they're actually you know they're funny um so I, I I like seeing that kind of thing out there. Gene did a great. I think Kiss actually Kiss did a great commercial in Japan during the reunion. Mm. Why? Yeah, um, why? I, I, that's that's one I always remember. Um, Lonnie, you don't use Workday, I hope. I do not. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I, I got enough headaches. But um, I think it's I think it's cool that. That he's on this Super Bowl commercial, where how many millions of people are gonna gonna see it, and you know everybody's gonna look and go, oh, that's it. You know, a lot of people might go, oh, that's Paul Stanley, and a lot of people are gonna go, oh, that's the guy from Kiss. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. but let's let's be honest, a lot of people are gonna say, oh, that's the guy from Kiss, and I think it's cool if, that 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 you're that relevant still, that you that. They want to put you out there as the guy from Kiss in front of the whole world that's watching this. I think that's really freaking cool. And I'm, you know, I'm anticipating my phone blowing up whenever that commercial airs during the game. Like, you know, oh, did you see the Kiss commercial? You know, 
<laughs> Are they still around? Right. Yeah, they're still around. That's didn't, that's what I that's what I love you about it. Get. Didn't you see them on the farewell tour 23 years ago? <laughs> are they are they still around? You know, so we're Jesus we're, Mark. We're gonna, oh. Butterfingers. Mark does not like the video. All right. So, yeah, it, it's Slide gonna be, it you know, millions of people on Sunday are gonna get to see this. And uh, again, like Gene Simmons family jewels and the point that Ronnie's uh Lonnie's raised in the in the past about that kept them visible. It's the same yeah. here for people who don't know that they are still around and that the end of the road is still going. And for Paul to be an MC, um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, let's let's go into another video. Mark, get ready on. Well, actually, don't get ready on this one because uh, Carl Linnaeus has shared some of the interviews that he did for uh, mm -hmm. Swedish uh, press for the Creatures of the Night Super Deluxe uh, write-ups that they were doing out there. And Vin Vinny is the topic of discussion in two aspects in clips from both G and Paul. One is the Wiz character, and the second part is back on the streets, um, you know, about why that maybe wasn't used or, or not. But Lonnie, back to you um, on that. What did you, you take away from those interview clips about kind of Paul looking back at Vinnie Vincent? It was interesting. And Paul, Paul talked like this. Yeah, he was like on a Valium oh, oh. or something. You like had so to, slow. It was it was uh, it was a bad recording because uh, I think it was uh, for, for some reason it got slow. I I played it at the one point two five per second, <laughs> and it was like normal pretty much. It was really. I, I was I was at the gym listening to it, and I'm just like, "What the hell is going on? Like, can Paul talk any slower?" I know, <laughs> but it, I, I I I think when it comes to Vinny, I think Paul chooses his words very carefully mm. um, when it's in reference to Vinnie Vincent, no matter what the topic. But it was interesting that he really, he, he remembered in your face, but, you know, he thought it was interesting that people had this envision that they recorded this, but they really didn't. Um, and, and it's not on the creature's box that if it exists somewhere, I, you know, we don't know about it. And maybe, maybe it's in Vinnie's, possession and they really didn't want to go down that road and paul just wanted to tiptoe around the fact that hey uh it does exist it's in many's possession and that's not a it's not a course of action we want to take and to release a creature's box set but paul paul's answers were interesting as far as that goes and they were interesting as far as like the whiz character and how they came up with it and you know ace was silver so we wanted to go with gold for the for the next guy i'm like Okay, I can I, I get that. It was it was just it was different. I thought Gene's response at the beginning of the interview was a little more um a little more I don't know want to say I don't know forthcoming or honest. It was not Gene wasn't so guarded, it seemed like anyway. Yeah. Gene's not a, doesn't have the capability or the filter to stop no. and think about what he says. You you ask him something and he's Paul Paul has to be very considered in his answers again he doesn't know what's going to happen to those interviews um and he's probably learned through experience that it's better to give a slow and well considered 
um, answer. And I actually appreciate him taking the time to think about it before answering, because then nothing's going to get used against you as ammunition when you know the journalist press stop on the on the recorder and it's all out to print so I, I get it from that perspective did it add anything new no but it's still good to hear them talk about the topics uh mark yeah i mean i, I found i did find it a little i'm not going to say annoying but i did find it very odd just like lonnie that when he's whenever they asked paul something it was just such a long drawn out answer not because he had a lot to say it's because he had so little to say but it took him so long to answer it it's like i did the circle on his forehead first it's like holy like what it's like he's like it's like a medication <laughs> that's making him like talk so slow like god man like spit it out like he's like he's scared to talk about Vinny. like it's unbelievable like he sued the 14 I, times of course he's scared to talk that, about Vinny. that's exactly I mean, what i took but away i mean from come on i mean it's it's unbelievable though. i mean the, the the question wasn't that incriminating or something you're just asking him about the, the the making of the makeup and asking him about a song I mean, he could have easily just said, well, you know, we, we tried it. It didn't work out, blah, 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 blah. We didn't really record it, and that's that. But it just took so It just took so long. I couldn't believe it. Like how, I've never heard Paul talk that slow. You know, it was unbelievable. But it, anyways, uh, I, I think that what he, what he had to say was, you know, like he said, nothing new. We, we didn't learn anything new about it. But... You know, it's it, it, these people try, and I, and I and I gotta hand it to people like Carl and these guys who still, you know, try to get that last little scrap of information, try to pull it out of them, you know, to get something new out of them. And you know, you ain't gonna do it with people like Paul. You're better off trying it with Gene because we know that he has a pretty loose lips there for stuff. You know, just look at the creatures box set thing there. Yeah. So talking about speaking slow, I'm going to play that little clip. I was digging through some of my SD cards. Oh, good. I, I found this. So uh, just take a quick listen. Hi, Ace. This is Julian. How are you today? Hi, Julian. Uh, can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can hear you okay. Uh, there's a power outage here where I am, and my battery is lost, so we have a limited amount of time to talk. Hi Ace, there. Julian. There. Hi Ace, this is Julian. How are you today? Hi, oh God, uh, yeah. So that that was uh, just the beginning of the interview that I did with Ace for the Origins Volume Two and Volume One reissue, um, and and I was I was going to erase that SD card that that was on. Um, that's just hilarious. It's like Ace, this is for your own product. So not as cool as uh, Carl talking to uh, Paul and Jean about creatures, but I did a long write-up which has my theory on some of those topics that uh, Carl asked. That you can still find it on the FAQ message board. Um, very, very long write-up on the creatures box set and some of the things that are on there and some of them mm -hmm. that are not. So I'm just going to uh, bumper car onto Carl's topic there. Ken. Yeah, well, the one thing that stood out to me on there, other than the slowness of the, so how it was, um, it was the when they're talking about Paul's talking about Vinny and saying, "Oh, he's just kind of he was just there." We we didn't really we tried to we didn't have enough time to get a guitarist and all that stuff, and so we just you know we just used him. Um, so he was really he made him like of no importance at all. And, yeah. and and the the key thing here is well then why why then during the you know probably the lick it up tour you were trying to get him 
to sign a contract, you know, uh, if he, if it's not important at all, why are you getting, trying to get him to sign a contract with you guys? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, he must've been, he was important as a songwriter for them. Obviously he, he proved it at least for sure. I'll look it up. Um, and that's when they wanted to sign him, but he just obviously, you know, didn't sign the contract and he's, he left the band and, and, you know, it's, it's, too bad for Vinny, in my in my opinion, you know, he probably should have signed the contract and maybe tried to play nice with Kiss, and and he probably would have been in a lot better shape now than he is. I said this before, and it's in that write up. Um, they auditioned a shit ton of people. They didn't want Vinny, but they couldn't find anyone that they were happy with, totally happy with. There was always something. They were overly picky. They just <laughs> talked, yeah. they talked no themselves shit. out of too many guitarists. When they signed Vinny to the touring agreement at the end of September 82, they continued auditioning people. They didn't want Vinny. They ran out of time, and they had no choice but to go with Vinny. So they wanted his songs and his, uh, and his co-writing for the album, but they didn't want him in the band. Um and then they wanted his publishing and his copyrights oh, yeah. with, with an unsignable agreement, which all of that stuff's out there now for people to read and make up their own minds. And, you know, they, they took him on the road and they signed fast yeah. to do another album with Michael James Jackson with Vinny and or Ace. You know, you know what, though? Mm -hmm. I, well, that's one thing I wish that they that one day will get. A, a straight answer on is this here because this has always been something that's really bothered me is you just said now that they didn't want him in the band and i believe that they didn't want him and that they continue to look for people look for people and there's been rumors of so many different people that tried out for a kiss to play in there and there was this reason or that reason i i wonder i'd really love to know some of these reasons what they were like why would you pass up on somebody like let's I don't know. Let's let's just hypothetically say like like Eddie Van Halen. Okay, he came up there. They didn't want him because he was a known guy. Okay, so that that's he's out of the picture. Okay, but there's so many guitar players that were in the LA scene that they could have drew from. You know, like I don't know if they. I'm just going to use DC Plus as an example. I'm not saying that they actually auditioned, but let's say for example like Warren D. Martini or a Jakey e. Lee or somebody like that came to audition or a Paul Gilbert or somebody. What could you have possibly have said? to not get some of these people, because some of these people that were floating around there are fantastic guitar players. What reason they would have possibly had to not have them come on board and get Vinny on there? That's one thing I'd love to have cleared up at some point in time in the next five See, years. They put them, the guitarist, to a standard that Ace Frehley didn't meet. They wanted a good singer. They wanted someone of a certain physical stature. Yeah, not too short. Clash visually. Yeah, they wanted the Goldilocks zone of guitarists. So someone who could sing. Well, Ace wasn't a singer. Ace sang yeah, one, he, one and, and a bit songs sing. and some backing vocals. And they're having people sing all these songs. You've got Eric Carr in the band now who was a, wanted to be a singer. He wanted to sing way more than he was allotted um, and, and begged for scraps. You know, mm -hmm. then eventually gets young and wasted in 84 to sing. You know, so I, I don't think they knew what to do when it came down to replacing a drummer. It was one thing when it came down to replacing a frontline player and highly visible person. I think mm -hmm. they second guessed themselves into inaction. They were oh. afraid to walk, 
afraid to jump, afraid to get uh, stepped back, and they got hit in all directions. And, and that's obvious because they chose Vinny, and then they chose Mark, and then they, you know, eventually went to Bruce. They 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 didn't know how to handle it. You're absolutely right, Julian. Yeah, and Vinny, look at him, how he ends the band. He's he's saying he ended the band because he was restrained and he leaves the band because he's not allowed to play because Gene and Paul are controlling him. And then Gene and Paul pick a guitar player to do exactly the stuff that they had prevented Vinny from doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> being a bumblebee. Yeah. It, it, they really were lost in terms of their direction at that point. And I think some of it comes down to not having a manager. Um, they were basically mm -hmm. self-managing themselves after mm. shit canning um, yeah. Bill O'Coin with yeah. Glickman Marks as the business managers, not yeah. as someone to be that fifth vote and say you really, or third vote as it had become by early 1983 once uh, Phonogram cancels the contract. So it's, it's a really interesting area that there's still a lot of digging for people like Carl, me, and hopefully other fresh voices to do, digging into all these areas of history. Let's wrap up today. We're not going to go through that whole list. I was only talking about the first couple of albums, but there's a, a, a good one, on, again, from the board. Choose side A or side B for each studio LP. And I said, let's start with Kiss, not the whole catalog, guys, but I do appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, you yeah you, you, you guys totally went there. So back in the day, albums used to be sequenced. It's an art form. I guess it still is on a CD, um, even if people don't consume music in that way anymore. When it comes to the first album, I don't care if you included the version with Kiss and Time on it, is there a side of the album that you prefer? Like Ken does side two of Dynasty. Just from <laughs> after. Yeah. Lonnie, when you listen to the first album and you've got to say, if you're only allowed to have half that album, we're going to scratch the shit out of the wax on one side. Which side are you going to have a scratch? Um, for me, it's, it's side A of the original album. I mean, it, it's Strutter, it's Nothing to Lose, it's um, let Firehouse. Me know, let Me Know, Firehouse, thank you, Mark. I mean, th those songs, in my opinion, are better. I, and I understand why, why Ken put side side two, because he loves Black Diamond. I get it, Ken. But yeah. um, for, for me, it's side A. I, 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 you know, side B has Love Theme from Kiss. It has cold gin. I like cold gin, but it, it for me it just gets a little bit weaker, and not much because that first album is so good, and there and it's just it's just filled with with classic songs. Um, but side A, that first album definitely does it for me. Yeah, you asked me side A or side B for the debut Kiss album. I'm going to be like Kiss trying to pick a guitarist in 1982, facilitate and not make a decision. Mark, yeah. side A or side B. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to agree with Lonnie. I've I've always thought that side A was 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 the side that I preferred more. I mean, I think the thing that makes it not makes me not pick B is the fact that it has love theme from Kiss on there. I think that that's one of the songs that just kind of gives me the kind of a you know the kind of like a I, I could skip that side because I mean think about it. You got Strutter, Nothing to Lose, Firehouse, Cold Gin, and Let Me Know. That's side A. Five songs, all of them great. There's only one song on there that they don't play regularly, and that's Let Me Know. You know, I mean, side two has Kissing Time on one version, and the other time it has Deuce. Deuce is a great song. Love theme from Kiss, I could do without. 100,000 Years is, is a good song, but easily 
the live version of that is a million times better than the studio version of that. So really the only two songs on side B that are worth of note are Deuce and Black Diamond. Right? So for me, it's a clear winner is side A. No, technically aren't all the songs on Kiss or the first three albums better live anyway than on their studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're still de- decent enough on, you know. All right, so we, we've got two side A's taking preference here. Now it, now it gets a little bit more tricky. Um, is emotion going to come into play? I'm going to go last. So Ken? Okay, so I choose side B. Shock. I love Black Diamond. <laughs> it's not just Black Diamond. Um, it's, you know, a Deuce. I mean, it's such a great song. One of their best songs, and, you know, and I gotta go. Yeah, Black Diamond is probably my, you know, f- yeah, it's my favorite song, Kiss song, I think, of all time. So, and then a hundred thousand years, uh, it's another really, really cool song. I, I've always loved it. So, yeah, and then I know we're not even talking about, you know, Kissing Time it wasn't even on the original. But it's it's an okay song. It's still you know it's a good they kissified it or whatever. Uh, but yeah, love theme from Kiss. I understand that it's just kind of a throwaway. They should have done the full thing for Acrobat and all that stuff. But uh, and I mean, in reality, I would say A and B for every every album pretty <laughs> much because I love songs for. You know, so many Kiss songs. There's, there's not that many Kiss songs that suck. You know, that are real stinkers. Uh, there's a few, mm, obviously. Go, go. Your playlist for the evening is going to be "Read My Body." Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's put the axe. Nothing mm. can keep me from some albums more than others. Way. I'll agree. Some albums. You more make than me others. rock hard. Uh, <laughs> yes. I hope not. Anyway. <laughs> But anyway, uh, a lot of them are, and even on other albums that we made a, f- a full list of the stuff. And I, I chose, I said A B on a number of albums too, because I just I couldn't des- decide which I it's might like better. There. You know, yeah, <laughs> no ties. But there you go. I'll turn it over right, to Joel. Well, no, t- no ties. So right now it's two to one in favor of side A. Um, obviously, Deuce is my all-time favorite Kiss song. In case no one's ever heard me say that before. Hmm. Um, Hundred thousand years, fucking spectacular. Black Diamond, absolutely spectacular. But that five for five on side A, it's side A. Um, Come on, there you go. Yeah, there is, go. There is no way I can't go with side A. Come on, it, the flow of that side is just absolutely fantastic. The fact that it is five um, firesome songs and not a not a filler in between. Disjointed yeah. is side B as much as if they hadn't dicked around and put kissing time before Deuce, let they should have left Deuce as the lead off song well, on side B. If you got the promo copy of the vinyl, you yeah, and, and none of that matters. The very but first release, side A is just there's it's beyond any dis, you know any uh, any criticism. Mm-hmm. So 
there we go. We'll we'll dig into more of these uh, on some of the other albums as as we go along over the next few weeks. But you know, for now, that's a pretty good episode. There's been a shit ton of comments today. I want to thank everyone uh, who's joined us while we've pontificated live about some of these current affair topics uh, with your opinions. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, thank you for sharing your passion for the band with us while we do these shows. Um, a lot of people viewing live, and probably a lot who haven't commented or whose comments I haven't seen. I do appreciate appreciate it. Strutter was the latest live uh, or song story that came out last Sunday. Another episode uh, comes out this week through, like I said, March the 19th. I'm seven songs into the third series as well, which is five Great. recorded and two are written, wow. uh, going to get recorded this weekend. So it's uh, there will be a third season for certain now. Um, Great. And it, if you're figuring out the theme yet for this season, well, have a cookie. All right. That's it for now from Ken, from Lonnie, Mark, and myself. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.